The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with the Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global. Thank you all for joining me today. I'm Vern Davis, and I'm your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. And I want to thank you again for joining us today. Interesting having a conversation. My guest today serves as the Vice President of Cultivation Technologies at Urban Grow, and I'm familiar with Urban Grow, and we'll talk a little bit about that. A leading cannabis-focused agricultural solutions company. They are amazing what they can do with uh, inside growing, delivering best-in-class systems and technologies to commercial cultivators around the world. And uh, all of that is the responsibility of Mr. Mark Dougherty, the Urban Grow EVP of Operations. Uh. Mark, I put a block, I put a cinder block by 200 yeah. pounds on your back with that introduction, man. Yeah, that was, hey, thank you very much. That, that was, I've had, I've had a, a lot worse introductions, that's for sure, I appreciate it. <laughs> no, that's great, that's great. Now, are you, are you a, a New Yorker? Originally, yeah, I'm originally yeah. from, I'm originally from upstate, uh, up okay. here, like Utica, Syracuse, that area, yeah. I grew up in Binghamton, um, Binghamton, New York. Yeah, yeah I've been there, way. actually. Yeah. Oh, okay, well, yeah, I mean, not not much to it. It's kind of a small town. Um, certainly not as exciting as living in the city or whatever. But, uh, yeah, that's where I'm originally from. Yeah, no, that's great. That is uh, that is awesome. So you, you, I tell you, man, so your company, Urban Grow, I got familiar with, I think some of these folks are your colleagues now and some are not. So... I think one of the first persons I met was Bob Puller. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Who used to be our CFO. Yep. CFO. Yeah. I met him at a, at a conference. The same with um, uh, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Nassar. He's, yeah. He's uh, he's on our sales. He runs our sales department. That's right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah. yeah. And then I also um, I met uh, Nicole. Oh yeah. Wow. How'd you meet Nicole? Oh man. I've, I'm, just been introduced to several people. Now I haven't yeah. met you. Yeah. And you hold all the secrets, man. You're you're yeah. why the thing works. I keep, I keep all the secrets. <laughs> you know, the 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 thing is though is that my my whole goal really is is to make it all not a secret. You know, I always yeah. say I'm the I'm the worst salesman in the world because I'll tell you all the information and I don't actually care if you buy from me. Um, it just, you know, I made, made so many mistakes trying to figure out controlled environment ag on my own dime when I first got started Sure, um, that I just don't want to see, I don't want to see people do that anymore. And right. it, it, you know, it kind of breaks my heart when I do see it. So I try to be as much of an open book, uh, as possible. No, that's great. Uh, you know, I just, um, I had some r- real interesting things, you know, that, uh, I learned about you through this process, but I, I really want to go back to, man, your, your education and what you do is different, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you got a, you know, you, you basically got a business degree and an MBA, mm-hmm. right? right. Mm-hmm. So where did the agriculture, where did that all come in? 
Yeah. So, so I had, I had gone to, uh, originally I'd been in the restaurant business. That's, that's okay. all I ever knew. It's all I ever okay. knew. And then, and I went to school for it right out of high school. Okay. Then as I got a little bit older, I went back for, to do graduate work. And while I was doing that, I got interested in aquaponics. Mm-hmm. I ended up opening, uh, this 14,000 square foot controlled environment ag facility using aquaponics. So we had fish tanks, four or 5,000 gallon fish tanks. We had 7,000 square feet of raft, deep water culture, hydroponics strapped to the fish tanks. And we grew lettuce and basil. And what that really came from was one, I've always just had an interest in that, right? And and mm-hmm. that new tech and the new ideas piqued my interest. Plus, I so, spent so all these years hold, in restaurants. Hold on, hold on, Mark. Now, how, yeah. you had an interest in, what did that surface? Did you have fish tanks and at your home when you were a kid growing up? And yeah, you know, back. just yeah. plants. Yeah, you know, plants and 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 like gardening. You know, I used to spend my summers uh, staying with my godmother. Okay, and, uh, and she would take care of me in the summers and and things like that. And uh, you know, my my mother was a, a single parent, and so my godmother was a big help in raising me. And I used to spend a lot of time with her, and she was really into gardening and growing vegetables and and having beautiful flower beds and things like that. And so that was sort of always just an interest and hobby of mine. Got um, it. And, yeah. and but I, I never I didn't see the connection until I saw, hey, everybody's interested in clean, healthy, organic food. Uh-huh. Uh, and I saw that in my restaurant world, my experience there. And then okay. I got introduced to this new sort of not new, but this new idea around how to grow and growing indoors and things like that. And, you know, I'd been introduced to, um, you know, other forms of cultivation, let's say, given, you know, we've already established I lived in New York my whole life. So yeah. other forms of cultivation uh, I'd been exposed to uh, as, a, as a young fella growing up, you know, late high school into college and early days. So I'd seen plants grown indoors, um, just never on the scale that I, I ended up doing it with the uh, Aquavita Farms, which was my early foray into, into this whole thing. Absolutely. Now, you being pretty modest, your, your aquaponic uh, uh, adventure in New York was the first ever in that state. Is that correct? Um, I mean, it was probably the first commercial in the state of New York for yeah. indoor aquaponic operation. I mean, at the time when we yeah. looked around, it looked like it was probably the, the quote, largest out there. Okay. Um, it got quickly dwarfed. Uh, by other projects, you know, I mean, it, it you know, somebody it was has pretty to big. start, Mark, Somebody's somebody has begin. to start. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, you know, I, I always jokingly, half jokingly say, you know, I did it long enough to prove I couldn't make money doing it. So, uh, you know, but, but the thing was, is that I just, I made so many darn mistakes uh, on, on setting it up and, and how to do it and all that. And just uh, my own attitude as, as I was like the investor, you know, I invested sure. the money. I opened it, I helped design it, I built it, you know, all these things. There's so many mistakes, not only in how I put it together, but in my, my attitude, right? My, my not, you know, not knowing what I don't know kind of thing. And, uh, you know, the sort of ego um, that exists around like, hey, I'm going to do this thing and I've got this technology and I've got money and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to put it all together and it's going right. to be a success. Not really giving full uh, understanding to the fact that what I was doing was building, taking an old silverware factory, which is what it was, and making it a, a living, breathing machine, an indoor ecosystem full of life, full of plant life, right? Mm, and, yeah. and you know, that was my number one uh, mistake. It's the number one thing I try to talk to people about today. That's interesting. Yeah. 
No, that's that's uh, that is very that's very interesting. So, how did the journey go from um, uh, doing that? You know, building these aquaponics and 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 really, it sounds like it was a real passion. The way you grew up, right? This this was just a passion of yours. Oh yeah. yeah. How did you convert that to to uh, the cannabis environment, and the sure. cannabis world? So, you know, from the, from the mechanics of it, right. I always say yeah. light, lights don't care what's under them. Right. <laughs> a, a, a light doesn't look down and say, well, I'm growing a tomato. And the other light looks down and says, well, I'm growing lettuce, you know, like the lights yeah. don't care. Right. The HVAC systems, uh, cooling, dehumidification, they're mechanical systems. They don't care what's in the building as long as they've been sized and built appropriately. So, you know, from the mechanics a- angle, whether you're growing tomatoes or lettuce or, or cannabis or, you know, fields of poppy in an in indoor environment or in a controlled environment, mm-hmm. a lot of it is very similar, right? A lot of very similar things there. Now, the, the full transition for me from sort of that focus that I had over to cannabis uh, full-time, which was about six, seven, seven years ago, was I was introduced to a group in Canada, a uh, very wealthy family fund. Uh, they owned a building they wanted to under the old MMPR build a cannabis facility. They asked myself and my then business partner to work on their behalf as consultants, put together some numbers, put together some mm-hmm. pro forma financials, which that goes back to what you were saying about my education and my background being, you know, being finance, being MBA, that kind of, right. you know, that kind of stuff, um, more business focused. And so we put together all this work for them. We go to these folks and we said, all right, folks, you're going to need to raise $32 million. And they said, that's awesome. You're fired. I was like, whoa, what? what do you mean I'm fired, man? Look at, look at all this work, 80 billion pages of work, man. Here you go. And they're like, yeah, you're fired. We're going to spend $5 million. And I was like, no, you're not. They're like, yeah, we are, because someone else told us we would we could spend $5 million to do this thing. I said, look around. They said, you ain't going to spend $5 million. You're going to spend $32 million, and then you're going to keep raising money because that's what's about to happen up here. And um, long story short, we parted ways, but the lesson learned was that there was, a, there was room for a connection between the realities of what the investors thought they're getting into and the realities of all those little living, breathing plants inside the building and what that means when you're trying to execute. Oh, no, absolutely. And, and I'm sure that, uh, that, that underestimation is continues as you live through this process, man. And we're going to talk about how that works at urban grow, uh, where you are today. When we get back, we're going to, we're going to continue our discussion with Mark Doherty, uh, from urban grow, uh, who, man, this guy, his passion, as we've learned, is the reason Urban Grow can do the things that they do with indoor growing. So um, Mark Dowd will be back. This is Vern Davis, your, your host of Plant Profits. Thank you. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at shoogies.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take anywhere treat. One toe over the line, sweet Jesus, one toe over the line. 
fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We are tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line. I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hemp Resent, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, all We'll continue our discussions. I'm back. I'm Vern Davis with Plant Profits, your host of Plant Profits, fueled by Protus Global People Solutions, a solutions firm. I'm here today with Mark Doherty from Urban Grow. And uh, Mark is the EVP of operations for Urban Grow. And uh, we just left off before we cut to a break. And we were about to talk about how he got to Urban Grow, and what they're doing at Urban Grow today. So why don't we pick up somewhere in there, Mark? Sure. So, you know, after I, I started transitioning over to really cannabis side, you know, I was doing some consulting. We closed down the aquaponic farm. And, you know, I, I got the pleasure to work with some really great people who were um, a, lot of, a lot of seeking licenses, right? Trying to get licensed in various yeah. states. And I worked with a bunch of people. And then I ended up being, you know, contacted by a recruiter to come over to Urban Grow. And I started out really in sales out east uh, where I was living at the time. And, you know, I wasn't really all that interested in sales. Like I said <laughs> early on, I'm, I'm a terrible salesman because I, I just, at the end of the day, I, I just don't, I, I'm not, I'm not there to sell you anything. If you want to have a conversation and learn together and figure stuff out together, I'm yeah. your guy, right? Yeah. If you want me to come in and do the hard sell and all that, I could care less. It just doesn't float my boat. So, yeah. you know, I, I didn't want to do it, but then I got to meet the CEO, Brad Natris, who founded the, com the company and right. just saw what he was putting together and saw his vision, right? For really what has become, uh, you know, as close to like a turnkey model as, as, as we've gotten it so far. And, you know, we really start with, this, you know, cultivation space programming, which is like pre-architectural before the architects really have done their thing fully, we get involved and, and lay these facilities out uh, properly, you know, and that's before like, the uh, architects. 
Yeah, I mean, oftentimes, or with the architect involved, you know, so we're recently just did a, a, a design on a facility, um, a half million square feet, 500,000 square feet uh, of facility, um, actually two identical versions of that on the same piece of property where we were literally handed uh, a plot plan with a box in the middle of it. And they were like, all right, do go. Right. And, yeah. and we just designed it. Right. We just laid it out. And, you know, and, and I've got, I, I don't take credit for that. I've got great uh, people who I work with my peers here at urban grow who are doing this work. Um, you know, and, and, and what it is, is we're taking this experience of, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years uh, mm-hmm. on each of us. Right. I mean, to myself, I've been doing controlled environment ag 10 years uh, you know, I've got other team members that have been doing it longer, some a little bit less, but, you know, we take all that experience and look at these facilities. And, you know, one of the things we see in, in these facilities all the time is they want to maximize flour, maximize flour, maximize flour, because the for the investors to get their money back, that's what they right. see as the path to get their money, right? That's and when, right. You take, when you take other people's money, right, you, you've, got to, you've got to show them how they're getting it back. And so they maximize flour. Well, they do it at the expense of the facility operating properly. And so we'll get into these uh-huh. in these designs and we'll say, okay, we've got 50,000 square feet of canopy, right? The, the plant right. matter that we have to grow. That takes a lot of water. Where are we going to put the water, guys? Oh, well, uh, you know, well, we needed more flour. Well, yeah, but you need water, too, because plants kind of, kind of like water. So, you know, uh, uh, when we get involved, we're looking at how do we make this place operate as, as efficiently as possible, optimize the, the square feet. And, and most often, when we get involved, we can up that number pretty significantly, um, you know, just based on sort of repositioning mm-hmm. things appropriately, reallocating space appropriately. So, you know, it's everything from getting in pre-architectural right on through um, mechanical electrical plumbing. Uh, we have, have that division now. Okay. Uh, and, and then interior, you know, uh, really the cultivation FF and E, as I tend to refer to it, which, you know, w- when we're looking at the interior, the guts of the grow, that's all yeah. the stuff that's going to be supplied by the owners. And that's where these projects get a little squirrely is that like if you were building a condo minimum complex, right? You wouldn't, as the owner of that condo complex, you wouldn't supply your own light bulbs that go over the sink, right? You would have that bid out. I mean, that yeah. fixture would be part of a bid package called the electrical bid package. Yeah. In these grows, the lights, the benching, you know, the fertigation systems, all this stuff is typically owner supplied, right? And that's a big part of what we do is to manage that whole process, when you say manage it, what do you mean? Because I'm an owner, yeah, and I'm and I got I got an architect that laid this thing out with you, yep. and yep. you guys got and I'm and I'm filling it up with what you know what you need to, for people to work in there and all this mm-hmm. other stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm just I'm buying it as you're doing your. How, how do you, how do you how do you get involved there? So you know, really, it starts with the design. You okay, know, if if that's if a, you know if a if a, if a customer comes to us, uh, you know, grower comes to us, whoever we're working with, right? Mm-hmm. Oftentimes the design, especially around the plant, uh, the plant facing side or the, you know, that part of the process is not fully fleshed out. And right. so really a big part of what we do is working through those iterations to flesh that out. We'll have customers come to us and they say, well, I want to do three tier racks. And of course that means LED lights and and this, mm-hmm. that, and the other thing. And then when you crunch those numbers and they come back, you know, at a, you know, a gazillion dollars, they, they get sticker shocked and they go, oh yeah, well, we can't afford that. 
Right. Yeah, now, but, but but Mark, I'm hiring you to do to do what you're doing, and and through your experience, you develop all these relationships. Do you bring? Do you bring like? Do you would you recommend to me what lighting uh, yeah. company to use? And absolutely, and so you kind of make it as yeah. turnkey as possible, right? Absolutely, and you know we get customers that come in saying, "Hey, look, this is what I want, and this is why I want it," right? right. And and so sometimes it's a matter of educating uh, that hey, there's there's good, better, best in every category, and yeah. And, what you're looking at may, may not be the best, but maybe price point wise, that's what works for you. Um, and working through that, I have my own opinions on that, right? Like, right. for instance, I hate, I hate racks and flour because I am like, you can't see me. Well, you can see me, but nobody I listen to this can see me, right? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, man. Cause I haven't, I haven't been to the bar. I don't know, man. It depends weeks. on how you treat me, Mark. And, I mean, right, we may right. release this tape. <laughs> you said it depends <laughs> on how it goes, right? So, you know, I I don't like rack and flour racks and flour because I'm I'm five foot seven and two hundred and forty pounds, man. I don't have the reach to be on a ladder trying to get yeah. in the middle of a rack that's that's six feet in the air. It, it does not work for me. Like physically, I would not be working in that environment very long, and and so I have a personal preference right against that. Okay. Uh, but there's lots of companies doing that type of thing, right? So sometimes it gets into that where I offer my own personal experience and I'll say to the customer, hey, listen, this is my own, this is my opinion. This is this is how I feel. This is why I feel this way. Whereas, you know, Sean or Lucas or one of the other guys that, that I work with that's part of, of the larger team might say, well, you know, yeah, but, you know, we can look at it this way. And so we do a lot of that sort of collaborative design okay. and advisory. Oh, that's good. That is uh, that that is really good. Now, uh, you guys, what do you all br- bring with you? Now, if if I was if I was if you were to give me advice, right, and I wanted to do this, and I, I who would you call first? Would you be who who I call? Who would I call first? If I said I wanted to to do something, it looks like I got room for. 250,000 square feet. Sure. Yeah, I, I think so. I think I think we're one of the first calls you want to make, you know, because before we can even before you go out and even hire that that architect or get in get into that 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 part of it. Right. You know, we can provide that initial layout, right? That says, "Okay, mm-hmm. you you took this money, you said I'm going to produce a billion pounds a day and pay that money back," right? That's what so much of this is based on. Right. Yeah. And, and, and can we really do that? Were you right? You know, right. you looked at this empty shoe factory that was 250,000 square feet in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and said, well, I'm going to grow all these plants in here. Well, we can really bring that vision to life and, and prove out whether or not that model works and how much does it actually cost to get to that model? Yeah. Okay, good. So I call you first now. When when you're building a very uh, efficient facility and you're you're setting it up, how many how many harvests can I have in a twelve month period? What should I be looking at? Because to your point, your earlier point, they're investors mm-hmm. and they want to get the return on investment. And right or wrong, the more times I can I can take mm-hmm. the plant, take the flower, mm-hmm. and sell it. Mm-hmm. The more times I can do that, the more money I'm going to make. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I always say is I can give you a Porsche GT3, but if you can't drive 200 miles an hour, you're probably yeah. going to wreck it. 
you know? Yeah. Uh, did you see that guy that, that wrecked that Porsche GT3 in the middle of Manhattan the other day? Yeah. Race, racing on the streets, right? And that, that, that was a nice Porsche, too. That was really yeah. wrecked out. So, but the, here's, here's the thing, right? I can give you, I can build for you. Not yeah. that I can give it to you, but I can, I can help build for you. I'm sure you wouldn't the, give it to the me. Most, the most state-of-the-art, right? The most yeah. state-of-the-art facility ever conceived in the history of man. In fact, we're working on one that's damn close to that right now. I mean, it's got all the freaking bells and whistles. But if as operators that they are not able to operate that, right? And that's where with a lot of our customers, we stay on well after the fact, well after they go operational to provide that support, to provide that that guidance, right? But at the same time, you know, if if they can't do it, they can't do it. So I always tell people from a money side, plan on four turns, right? Okay. If, if your model doesn't work on four turns, your yeah. model doesn't work. And, Got it. And Four turns is is, that, is the is that's that's the sweet spot, and anything mm, over that so, is plus, huh? At, right. So I mean, yeah. five five is where most people that are doing it yeah. right can hit. I think you know, and then it also depends though on how is it designed, right? To all too often we see where there's these like staggered planning systems that that people want to use because they're they might be you know sort of old school in their methodology, and they want to use these staggered planning systems that actually results in in empty space over periods of time, right? So every every three turns, you've got an empty room kind of yeah. thing. And, and so we look to avoid that. Yeah, that's that's a bad thing. Hey, we're going to take a break. Okay. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. I'm having a great conversation today with Mr. Mark Dougherty, who is at Urban Grow, and he's the EVP of Operations and Mark, we're going to get into a little bit more about some thoughts on urban growth that I want to dive into with you uh, when we come back. Thank you. Plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with the bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network, learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers, and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected. Get informed. 
and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we'll continue our discussion with Mark Doherty, who is the EVP of Operations at Urban Grow. I am Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, fueled by Produce Global People Solutions. Now, Mark, when we, we left, we're, we were talking about the do's and don'ts of this um, and et cetera, and, and how to build this and what the expectations uh, should be. Now, in what you're doing, uh, you know, building inside grow and making that effective, efficient, and profitable for your your clients, is that growing? Is that uh, a growing element, a growing facet of of the cannabis uh, world, or or is outdoor growing? Are people converting? Are people doing both? What's really happening there? So we still see where the majority of the grows getting built are indoor, uh, indoor facilities. Okay. And, you know, we've seen where people, uh, there's a lot of work with, with greenhouses more and more. Right. Yeah. And I think the thing about the greenhouse though, is that greenhouses really are most efficient and do very well mm-hmm. uh, as traditional greenhouses in certain climates. Right. So when it's, when it's very arid uh, in the climate, uh, the greenhouse tends to mechanically do very well. We do see where because of how we plant or it's spatially, right? How we mm-hmm. collectively plant this plant, how we grow it, how we're looking to maximize space and the density of the canopy that's generated. We see a lot of issues with airflow, with powder mildew, um, with mold and botrytis and things like that. And so, you know, we've seen people have issues growing uh, this plant in general, but also growing it in greenhouses, say like in Florida, right? We heard a lot of stories where people tried to put greenhouses in Florida and found that they just couldn't make it work well with this particular plant, right? Not Got that, it. Not with every plant, but with this particular plant, because there are unique uh, aspects to how we cultivate cannabis, right? Right. So they, they, you know, for us, the really the, the bread and butter, the majority of it is still indoor. And I think that especially now, with the technologies that we're deploying around LED lighting, around right. what's called palletized or containerized benching solutions, which is where we've got robotic solutions running the plants around the building rather than the people going to the plant. We bring the plant to the people uh, in these facilities. When we start to really deploy those types of technologies, we're getting to a point where we're really reducing the cost of production on these, on these indoor facilities it's becoming very advanced. Yeah. And, uh, and they're going to keep growing. That. Yeah. And they're going to yeah. keep growing. So yeah. tell me what, what's, we got to talk about this. What, what's the effect of COVID-19 on what you're doing in your business? So it's, I mean, yeah, we got to talk about it, right? Uh, yeah. The room. It's, 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 it's difficult. It's, it's incredibly difficult. I mean, we're, we're trying to operate this business um, like everyone else, right? And like everyone else, we're dealing with all this fear and anxiety and doubt uh, that exists, yeah. not just not just here in, in Little Lafayette, Colorado, where I'm coming from today, but in the world, right? So literally when when you know you're on the I'm on the phone with somebody and I'm not quite getting through or I'm not quite figuring it out, I have to remind myself, like, hey, wait a minute. This yeah. person is dealing with some stuff right now that is beyond everyone's comprehension. Like this is, these are crazy times. And so, you know, the, the big thing, 
you know, for us is just to, you know, we, we, I feel like got ahead of this as best we could, the leadership team, some of, of whom you've met, um, we were all talking about this before, you know, the, the stuff hit the fan, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we, we had our plan and we kind of figured out how we were going to be able to send our employees to work from home and still operate. So we're still hundred percent operational, which I'm very proud of. Yeah. That's um, great. The people, the people who work for us have been phenomenal, but I mean, when you look at the industry, yeah. What, what I'm what I'm predicting based on this, uh, especially this COVID-19 impact, what I'm predicting is you're going to see demand uh, overall, uh, both on the, the the medical and adult use side will will increase. I uh-huh. think you're going to see a bump uh, uh, in demand uh, uh, as a result of, of you know, issues. Uh, an impact from from this whole experience that we're, we're having. So we're right we're now. seeing a, a we're seeing a spike now in flour, yep. and edibles, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're saying on the other side of this, you believe that's gonna there's there's gonna be a lift that's gonna carry forward. Yeah, I I do. I, I think there's gonna be an increase. There already was increased demand. We're gonna see that that a little bit extra, mm-hmm. but we're gonna see. Uh, a, not a, a linear increase in production capacity. So mm-hmm. production capacity will slow. Uh, we're going to see uh, demand outstrip uh, supply, I think, in some cases, which would typically mean we would see an increase in overall price or MSRP. The, the reality, though, is because of the COVID-19 impact on our economy, because we're going to have this massive unemployment rate, because the unemployment is going to uh, disproportionately impact folks that that may very well be uh, customer base, on, especially mm-hmm. on the medical side. I fear right. um, we're going to see reduced buying power of the consumer. And so, as an industry, what we have to be looking at right now is how do we get efficient? How yeah. do we get to a point where we don't need to raise our prices? Where we don't need uh, you know to uh, do that you know, we need, we need to be able to produce at a lower cost, right? So we can pass that on to the consumer. We need to also be talking to our, our legislatures and our government about the taxes and the regulations that cause these products to be so expensive in the first place. That, and the I bottom think that's line, key. That's key. The reason is, that is key. And the yeah. reason is because if prices go up, then consumers will turn to illegal markets. No, because absolutely. the illegal market still exists, okay? Yes. And yes. at the end of the day, if you if you go into a dispensary and an eighth is 60 bucks and you go down the street and an eighth is 35 bucks and you don't have a job. Yeah. What right? are you going to do? What are you going to do? You gonna, what do you mark? I'm telling you, I believe just like you, that if it's not handled properly on the other side, the black market is going to get a resurgence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. How absolutely. Could it not? How could it not? It is right now. It is right now. And, and the thing is, is that my big thing right now that I'm talking to people about is how do I increase yield? How do I increase efficiency with right. what I already got? With what I've already got. No, that's that's great. This is a this is a problem. We got to keep talking about it. We got to get the 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 governments, the local and state governments, to to really take a look at how they're taxing this product and understand Absolutely. if they sell more, they'll still get the money. And uh, if they, you know, it's, it's, it's just real logical. I really want to thank you, Mark, for your appearance on the show today. And uh, really, my Mark Dowdy, Urban Grow EVP of Operations. You can follow Mark on Twitter. You can follow Urban Grow on Twitter. You can go to Facebook. Uh, and there's Urban Grow. You can go to the website, urban-grow.com. And uh, you can find them there. Mark, thank you very much for being a part of this. Absolutely. Thank you all for joining us. 
you can download episodes of Plant Profits uh, by going to CanvasRadio.com. Uh, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast, man. iHeartRadio and all major podcast portals, they have us. You can look at Protus Global People Solutions through all our social networks. Go to LinkedIn, man, and, and look at the information we put out on LinkedIn, and you'll educate you all about consumer products and adult consumables. Go to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Find and learn more about how we are at Protus Global People Solution, building companies, and we're changing lives at ProtusGlobal.com. That is P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. Until next time, cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.